Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961 4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Two in URFM's Health and Wellbeing. For our sponsor, Mullen Natural Health Centre, Hamilton. And a very good morning, good afternoon, I should say, to... Peter Mullen, you're back. you've had a holiday, Peter. I have had a holiday, Mark. Yeah, but that's all right. Last time I looked after your program, we had Carly joining us, so she filled us up with lots of great information as well. You're about to do the same as we head into cold and flu season. Well, we are going to talk about cold and flu um, prevention, and basically, you know, the old saying, prevention is better than cure. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing sort of stands or rings truer than when we're talking about colds and flus. And I'm about to sneeze, so quickly... <laughs> Get me off air. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll need to take some of your own advice. <laughs> I may well have to. Look out, Riley. We'll be back with Peter Mullen in a moment. Don't sneeze over. Sneeze that way. Over there, Peter. Now, Peter, there are a few things that you've... Uh, a few bits of information you've brought in today. Number one is something that I just don't seem to get enough of from time to time, and that is sleep. Why, why is sleep such a huge factor when it comes to keeping the flu at bay? Well, look, it's one of those things. These, these, these viruses around are around all year. Mm-hmm. Cold viruses and flu viruses don't just... Well, actually, they do, they do you know, fly in and fly out, but there's these viruses around all the time. Come the change of season, you know, our body's at a lower resistance. There's all sorts of reasons as to why, you know, our immune system's going to be more prone towards getting a cold or flu. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with, say, sleep, for instance, like sleep's important for your adrenal recovery, for stress coping. Um, it's good for your gut bugs, you know, we've talked a lot before on the, the program about, um, you know, a lot of our immunity comes from our gut and our healthy gut flora. <clears throat> so good quality sleep really helps our good gut bugs, but it helps um, our resilience and our ability to cope with stress. Interestingly enough, the adrenal glands, they actually recover overnight, don't they? Yeah, adrenals recover between, you know, um, like ideally we need to be in bed. You know, the old saying is it's the hours before midnight that count. Sure. So getting to bed early through winter is one way of really trying to help your adrenals recover daily, but also to help with your cold and flu resistance. Which kind of goes hand in glove because in the wintertime there's less daylight, so generally speaking we, we should be able to get to bed nice and early. Well, in the inter- interesting thing, one of the one of the theories has been put forward of why we're more prone towards colds and flu in winter. I think, you know, temperature change is a stress, you know, the daylight hours changing is a stress on the body. But um, it's less vitamin D. Now, vitamin D has been shown to be actually a, a really good... Um, it's really good vitamin D levels is really important for a healthy, balanced immune system. So in winter, we get less vitamin D. So coming into winter, next time you have your blood test done, for any of the listeners out there, always ask your GP to include a test for vitamin D because if your vitamin D is low and you're going into winter you've got a greater risk of picking up the cold and flu. You're kind of behind the eight ball before we even get there, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And this old chestnut, eating is such an important part of you know keeping all the nasties at bay. Uh, what should we be looking for in our diet, Peter, when it comes to keeping the, the cold and flu away? Well, look, it's, it's, there's, there's so many things around food, you know, and food is our medicine. Mm. Um, you know, the major, major um, potential health benefit or potential toxin or poison we come into contact with on a daily basis is the you know 35 ton of food that we shovel in (laughs) over our lifetime have you been to my place (laughs) 35 ton of food and 25 ton of poo 
Oh, okay. That's a lot, isn't it? You've definitely been to my place there. <laughs> so what are some of the things we should be putting into our diet in, in, in relation to that? Um, well, obviously, you know, food as fresh and as whole as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of soups and stews and slow-cooked stuff over the winter months. Um, you know, traditionally, you know, Nana's chicken soup. Now, when you make chicken soup and you use good chicken broth, you know, you've cooked it for a long period of time, there's actually immune compounds come out from the chicken, collagen-based, <clears throat> that actually help to boost your immune system. So it's not a myth that if you've got a cold or flu or you want to prevent cold and flu, eating good quality chicken broth or chicken soup actually helps to boost your immune system. I've, I've learned something. If I take nothing away from this afternoon, I'm taking that home with me. So there's some of the, the good things to get in. Um, I guess some of the things in, in framing this conversation, what should we be staying away from when it comes to the flu and the cold? Um, well, look, from a, from a diet, or just on, just on colds and flus, a lot of people get a bit confused about what's a cold, what's a flu. Mm-hmm. You know, majority of people that say they've got the flu, is re- they've really got a cold. Now, both of these things are viruses they're not bacteria and this is one of the reasons why if you go to the doctor with a cold or the flu and the doctor gives you an antibiotic he's really doing the wrong thing by you because the antibiotic actually will have no impact upon the cold or flu okay if someone's got a secondary bacterial infection say a sinus infection or bordering on pneumonia bacterial um then yes antibiotics may be necessary if they don't have access to some of the awesome natural therapies out there so just from that point so cold and flu they're viruses they have antibiotics have absolutely zero effect on improving your recovery and interestingly if you take the antibiotic it knocks your good bacteria around there's some studies to suggest that your bacteria may never recover if you've had repeated causes of antibiotics and you know, because so much of your immunity is based in your gut, they actually you'll actually come out of um, being treated for a cold and flu with an antibiotic with a further weakened immune system that's probably going to get you more in the cycle of getting sick again. Don't like the sound of any of that. No. Peter, one of the big things about keeping the flu, the flu and the cold away is something that's pretty tough in, in our lifestyle at the moment, isn't it? Managing our stress. Yeah, look, stress is... Stress that's is, a tough one. It's a tough one. And, you know, we were talking about this in the break. It's, we need to learn how to, you know, ride the waves, not get sort of smashed every time. Because the reality is once we're over one big set of swell, there's going to be another one yeah, looming on the our, horizon. Our, our stressful lifestyles, that's not, for most of us, that's not really going away, is it? No. Mm. No, that pace is going to continue. Now, back to talking about my holiday. <laughs> Go for it. It's a shame. You've wanted shame. to do this, haven't it's you? It's a shame. I have. It's a shame this isn't a visual show because I could have brought some photos. Well, we, we film, but you haven't bought the photos. so we can... I could put some photos on, on the website. You could do that. Website. Absolutely. Let's talk to Riley. So it was a big fishing expedition, wasn't it? Was it was a big fishing exercise. Mm. But as I was saying to you in the break, like we lo- literally woke up laughing, laughing, and we went to bed laughing. So mm. coming back from a trip like that, when your life's busy, the benefits of holidays is that it's, it gives you something to look forward to. You know, it helps with the day-to-day mundanity. It also, having had a great experience, it's really important to relive that great experience. Our brains are actually hardwired to relive negative experiences. So if you think about it, you, I might have had a great holiday two weeks ago, or, and plus last week at the Gold Coast with my wife. Great holiday, but in a month's time, if you ask me about the holiday, I might not have none of this animation or excitement or passion. It might be, oh, yeah, it was good. Mm. Or you, or you remember some one little thing that went wrong. Yeah, it was something terrible happens. 
our brain's kind of hardwired, and maybe that's how we learn from negative experiences. Our brain's hardwired to relive over and over, and even years later, we can still be remembering and getting that same stressed feeling about an event. So cognitive thinking, mindfulness, is about trying to bring more of what brings us joy and pleasure on a daily basis into our life that we actually feel a lot more fulfilled on a daily basis. So if, we're, if we are generally find ourselves being putting our hand up saying, hey, I'm a bit of a negative thinker, how do, we, how do we make that switch in our brain to flick that around? Well, it can help if you can get someone on side. You know, Dana and I, we very often correct each other with our language because it's in your language all that comes across and mind you it can be if you're in a bit of a cranky mood and someone's correcting you on your tone or the <laughs> way you're saying work. something <laughs> you do have to sort of get above yourself and think well mm. hang on a minute there's relevance in that if i'm talking in that tone or i'm reliving that experience all i'm doing is adding to my stress i'm not so having someone on board and this is where seeing you know a good counselor or psychologist that can teach because no one teaches us these tools to manage stress we're expected just to know it and if you're not lucky enough to actually have someone that you can talk to about these things then it can make it hard so yeah so back to colds and flu you know i'll 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 tell you more about my fishing trip when we finish (laughs) okay um so back to cold and flu yeah stress stress and stress management is a is a is a massive area Mm. now i'm not against people getting a cold or flu you know i'll often i say to patients you know one of the signs of immune system not working well or not being balanced is either constant cold and flu and scarily just while we're talking about that Australian statistics are that it's estimated that a child it's normal for a children or a child to get five to ten colds a year that's crazy imagine what that must do to daycare and mum's having mum's having time off work so five to ten colds a year now and I've talked about this numerous times when we were kids that definitely wasn't the case Mm. But the average adult, average Australian adult, is expected to get two to four colds a year. So for you and I, that's that's two to four. That's nearly a month of feeling unwell over a 12-month period, barring anything else happening. So we want to we want to reverse these figures or we'll get rid of these figures. I don't like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> exercise also is another important factor. Well, exercise definitely. Um, you know, it's part of. I guess it's part of that stress coping. Mm-hmm. Manage, management. Well, my new. Do you want to hear my new theory of what I'm trying this year? And then, Love then, it. I, then I need to jump on to why it's actually good to get a cold or flu. Um, my new strategy for improving my resistance this year or resilience is cold sensitivity. So I swim every year through winter. You know, we go up to Charlestown mm-hmm. Pool at six o'clock in the morning. Sometimes we'll jump in the little pool because it's heated a lot more than the big pool. But um. Getting in the pool, getting getting cold, getting in the pool, getting out, swimming, getting out, getting warm again, that that um, cold resilience really helps with your immunity as opposed to someone that's, you know, in a condition where they're cold all the time and that weakens their immunity. So I'm a big fan of not being overly rugged up, not staying in air condition, not having hot heaters running in the house, that we do need to feel cold mm-hmm. and then recover from the cold to actually get some resilience so you know we could be all jumping into cold in the ocean we could join the mackerels or the the icebergs and jump in very where the baths once a week yeah well there's one thing that won't be happening peter (laughs) well that would be good for cold and flu resistance as strange as it sounds the other the other so so two signs of an immune system not working one is constant cold and flu or what's worse sometimes and i've seen this with a lot of younger women particularly no cold or flu for five years or longer 
So sometimes I think a cold or flu is beneficial because it does pull the rug out from under our feet, makes us stop and go to bed for a few days, realise the work and get on just fine without us, mm. and then get back on track after that. So I'm not against cold and flu, but, um, yeah, it's, it's having a healthy cold and flu occasionally, every couple of years, I think can actually be beneficial. As we continue talking for just a few moments longer with Peter Muller, there are some ways we can, uh, you know, also beef up our immunity, isn't it, with the right kind of natural supplements? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of supplements. You know, I think it's hard to get everything we need from our diet all the time. So I sort of, you know, talk about what I call foundation nutrition. So I'm a big fan of a good quality multivitamin, um, good quality fish oil, and taking a probiotic on a daily basis and to my mind you've covered inflammation you've covered gut health and you've supplied all the nutrients you need for a healthy functioning nervous system and blood sugar regulation etc so and naturally do all of those other things that we've been talking about throughout the program as yeah, well yeah yeah well the diet and lifestyle is is powerful medicine we just need to be practicing you know more of that um so one of the other things that i'm i'm really really probably one of my favorite herbs is a herb called echinacea have you heard of echinacea before? i have yep yeah, so with echinacea, and one of the challenges with um, um, health food store products and natural medicines is with the TGA, like you can't make claims about a product unless it's scientifically validated, which is, I'm totally on board with that. One of the challenges with different types of products, though, is that a study can be done about echinacea, and there's some great Australian studies about, um, you know, reducing the risk of cold and flu when you're flying, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But because of these studies, anyone using any type of echinacea and any amount of echinacea can put echinacea in their supplement and make that same claim. But it's not the therapeutic type of the plant. It's not the therapeutic amount. So really what you're getting is you're getting a false claim based on a study that was done using totally different See, that, make, that makes it tricky to get the right information if you're sourcing it, try to source it, doesn't it? Oh, look, absolutely. There's a, there's a few really good products available in Australia like that I, I believe, natural therapy products. And um, the company we get our echinacea from, I believe, is the best herbal company in Australia, if not the world. So they're awesome. If, in that, what they put in the product, they test and test and test, etc. Anyway, echinacea, so it's one of the most widely used herbal medicines in the English-speaking world. And if you're taking an echinacea, um, how you know that it's a good echinacea or going to work for you is when you take echinacea, you should get a tingle or a bit of a catch at the back of the throat when you take it. That's how you know it contains the active alkylamides that are actually going to give you that immune-boosting effect. If you have echinacea and it tastes lovely, throw it out because you're wasting your <laughs> money. And can you imagine anyone making a product that they know is going to give you that catch? They're going to do everything they can to make it as palatable as possible. So, yeah, um, yeah so always make sure you've got the right type of echinacea. Um, there's been a, a lot of uh, info or stuff around with echinacea that should only be used for a short period of time. Traditionally, it was used as a long-term alternative herb, so it's safe to take for long periods of time. Um, and I take echinacea all the time. I love it. I think um, just from a preventative point of view, I think it's really beneficial. I would imagine you spot the sound of that, Peter. You are so on board with Echinacea. So the big tips for us today, make sure you get enough sleep, uh, manage those stress levels, get a bit of exercise, and eat the right kinds of stuff. And check your vitamin D. Oh, make definitely. sure you're correcting that, getting some fresh air and sunshine through winter. And also, you know, make sure that you are correcting any deficiencies and onto some of those foundation nutritional 
Sounds pretty good, Peter. We're going to wrap up with some of the next talks that you've got happening. Uh, the 4th of May, Secret Mother's Business. Uh, Carly's going to be looking after this one. Yeah, Carly's doing a free talk for anyone with kids. This is a really popular talk because the question all parents ask is, what do I feed fussy eaters or what do I feed my kids? So this is a free talk where Carly goes over exactly what she does with her girls. That's the 4th of May. Um, 9th of May, we've got a free talk on natural remedies and immunity. And it's based around cold and flu, but it covers so much more. It covers how to have a healthy, balanced immunity. So we'll touch on autoimmune conditions as well as cold and flu, as well as allergies, a whole range of immune-related stuff. And David, one of our pracs, is doing a, a fantastic talk on the 23rd of May, a free talk again, for anyone interested in, in natural remedies, particularly when it comes to um, breast cancer. You know, and these are, these are, this is help people can have pre-treatment, during treatment and after treatment and it all fits in well or safely with oncology etc. Some great information there Peter and if we'd like to book for those it's simply mullenhealth.com.au or we can give you guys a call. Yeah absolutely and we've got some great blogs on all of these topics on our website as well so people are more than happy to go along and have a look. If you'd like some more information Peter's number is 49614075. We've done it Peter, we've survived. We it's haven't, happened. and I've only talked about my fishing trip. I think this is the third time. <laughs> okay. I'm not getting out of here this afternoon without <laughs> hearing about the one that got away. Peter, thank you so much. And on the 9th of May, you'll be back talking about uh, curing the sniffles with some simple yeah, tips so as well. Yeah, so a bit more about actually how to, if you, if you do end up with a cold or flu, some awesome things you can do to help yourself. And you'll be at Singleton at the farmer's markets on the weekend, so you're a very, very busy boy. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.